0: is D D S. From the DDS studios, we are your host, Blake Belton, Bradley Newberry. And live from the Sunshine State, it is Matthew Two Tone Blue Parker. Parker, how you doing, buddy?
1: Doing good, man. Just a uh, Sunshine State, but today's a little rainy. It's kind of kind of nice to uh, get a break from the
0: sun. I understand. We'll be talking about a team from the Sunshine State. Uh, it, there just so happens to be one that we're gonna be talking Ooh. about. Today on this, our 2022 AFC South Prediction Show. We've been waiting to do this one for a long time. Got the hometown Titans, and we got this guy with whatever that kitty cat is over there on his shirt. Roar, baby. Whatever. But, uh, hey, while we're here, got your attention. Go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button down below. Really helps us out. It's quick, it's free, it's easy. Go ahead and give us a Rumble on Rumble. Follow us on all of our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And you can catch all the audio versions of these podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform. Newberry, what do we got in store today?
2: Gentlemen, we are going to start with the AFC South champions, the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans earned a regular season record of 12 and five behind NFL coach of the year, Mike Vrabel. A very very memorable season to say the least, but some would argue that it was wasted, as they once again lose at home as the number one seed. There's just
0: something, some negative juju there. They can't get that right for some reason. Yeah, and it always seems to kind of center around the postseason, right? I mean, uh, the, kind of the rub is, is that they're, they're able to kind of do pretty well in the in the regular season but they always seem to lose to people that they should never lose to. Uh, And then when it comes down to can they win the big game, just haven't quite been able to get over that hump yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking back to last year, I think probably the number one thing that you'd say to sum up the season is disappointment. It felt like last year was the year. It It really did. Um, you know, but those lucky Bengals didn't just get the Titans, they had a truly magical run and, and knocked it out for a lot of teams. And the other thing I look back last year, if I'm just summing up last year, the other thing of disappointment is injuries. Literally, more people were on this Titans roster than any other football team in the history of the NFL. It just it is something, but yeah, it's disappointing. But man, I'll tell you what, I was having a discussion the other day. It was disappointing, but my God there was a time when I was the only person in the stand and we won three games for five straight years. So I'll, I'll take the disappointment of losing the playoffs if I have to.
2: Yeah. It, it ended in disappointment, but by God, and and it was the correct decision with awarding coach Vrabel with the coach of the year. We talked about injuries in every single podcast last year what they were facing with their schedule and the injuries seemed like impossible. I mean, even you two were saying,
0: oh, well, they're going to, if we can just split, come out of the, just split. Yeah.
2: They did better than that.
0: I know it was hard being a Homer because you're like, you want them to win every game, but you're looking at it and you're like, man, if we could just come out of this four game stretch, you know, two and two, you know, I'm happy, you know, because we're, we're on our 90th player, 88th player on the, on the roster. From injuries and uh, not having the king for whatever it was six or eight games or whatever it was, uh, it, it was brutal. Um, but this year, you know, hopefully we can avoid the injury bug. Uh, we got a lot of spots that we got to we we needed to improve on, and I'm, I question whether we actually improved in certain areas. Uh, obviously, the departure of AJ Brown, big big deal for us. Uh, as far as our offense goes, did we fill those gaps? I, I don't think we. I don't think you ever really replace someone like AJ a. Brown, but I think that you can become as good or better team without him if you have the right offensive weapons in place. And I think we did actually a pretty good job of that.
2: Parker, tell us about the three new additions that the Titans brought in to try to replace the production of AJ Brown. Yeah, I'll
1: center that. Exactly what I wanted to say because when people talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, they talk about, oh, they brought in these people like Tyreek Hill uh, to replace Tyreek Hill or uh, the Packers. They've got Romeo Dobbs. They have so many people that are trying to replace Devontae Adams. All I ever hear with the Titans is they lost A.J. Brown. I never hear the like how they try to replace them. If you look at last year's numbers, because it's not about A.J. Brown, it's about replacing production. A.J. Brown last year had 869 yards, guys. Like people are sitting around talking to him, like he was a 1,500 yard receiver. 869 yards, five touchdowns. Julio had 434, Farkster at 291. We lost all three of those guys before I get to the guys we added. Those three guys, the top pass catchers, 1,594 yards and eight touchdowns. So you're trying to replace. All those guys. They bring in Robert Woods, affectionately named Bobby Trees, who I've loved for years. Last year had 556 yards and four touchdowns before getting hurt. At that time, he was a top 10 receiver. If you look at his numbers in the past in 2020, 936 yards, 2019, 1134, 2018, 1219. AJ never hit either one of those two numbers ever. And that was with Jared Goff as a quarterback. If you pencil him in for what he did. With Jared Goff in 2020 to, to be ultra-conservative and give him 100 less yards, 836. That replaces A.J. immediately. finally signed a tight end, Austin Hooper, I don't care what you think. He's a good tight end, and the Titans like to use tight ends. In 2020, with a healthy Baker and two other tight ends, he had 435 yards. The Titans don't have anybody else at tight end. I mean, they have a rookie, but, you know, whatever. So I'm just telling you, then, of course, they bring in Traylon Burks. They bring in Kyle Phillips. If Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips can combine for 300 yards between the two, it replaces the entire production. So I'm just saying you need to look at it as a whole and not just that we lost A.J. Brown.
0: Yeah, and I think because of that, if you have that many weapons that can add up to the sum of whatever nebulous number A.J. Brown brought in, I think ultimately you're probably a more balanced team on offense if you have three targets or four targets that are viable that can put up yards then just having to rely on one person which is essentially what we kind of had to do last year is we were very heavily reliant on AJ and honestly you know it, between you know the ten man injuries and and just blatantly dropping passes occasionally uh I I I think that everybody's kind of a little more butthurt than they should be about AJ Brown leaving.
2: Yeah. The offense was fifteenth in scoring last year. Um, Ryan Tannehill obviously is the key. Um, 67% passing, 21 touchdowns, 14 picks. Uh you gotta believe that coaching staff, they want that interception number to come down. Uh just be more efficient, get the ball out quick. Um <coughs> Derrick Henry, of course, returns. You add Hassan Haskins. Mm -hmm. Tied in Austin Hooper. The fun thing that you've, if you've been listening to us, kind of banter back and forth with Austin Hooper. Not so much yards, but we have a little receptions. Parker says over 80.
1: 180.
2: (laughs) Over 180 receptions. (laughs) (laughs) So I took the under. And uh, let me me read you his receptions here in the last one, two, three, four, five, six years. 19, 49, 71, 75, 46, 38. He's not reaching 180 receptions. Free months
1: it, He's it, going to have the seventy-one, seventy-five type of year. Because the rookie years for tight ends don't do anything. So I throw those first numbers out. And in Cleveland, like I said, it was a three-man rotation at tight end. There was no tight end that was on the field. This He has got the job here. He is going to be the Jonu Smith in this offense. Like, he has got that role. He is the number one guy. Especially, I mean, and the Titans traditionally love throwing the tight ends. Like last year, when we just
0: went on the team.
2: I'm intrigued with the quick passing game with Kyle Phillips.
0: I am very, I'm excited about it. The guy is shifty. He creates space. Like, like some of the, you don't even want to mention the other names that in my opinion, he looks like he creates space. Like, I mean, he just, he's so quick. He's so shifty. He runs great routes. He's got good hands. I mean, he returns the ball on kickoffs and, and punts. Uh, that those are all great things. I mean, I expect big things out of Cal Phillips this year. I'll just say that.
1: I think he actually might be a key of if this team is going to be uh, taking an, another step or not. Because we we know Robert Woods, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be fine. We expect Traylon to be fine. Who's next, though? The depth is the concern, right? I don't want it to be Nick Westbrook-Akina out there rolling up against the Jets being terrible. I know him and Kyle Phillips play different positions. but You get my, my point. I want him to be the, the third guy that's looked at as the most – uh, catches there i I think he has read I think he's had a good chance to be something special there in training camp. I mean that's all we've got to see from him so far. He looks phenomenal so far so far at this point, and that's all you can ask for right
2: yeah before we go to defense, let's talk about offensive line mm. could be the elephant in the room um this offensive line seems to run block just fine even with the departure of Barry. I think that they could, they'll they be able to open up enough holes as if Derrick Henry can't create his own hole. But the question is, pass protection? And I know the starters didn't really, I don't think, played very much in the preseason. You also didn't see Ryan Tannehill one damn snap in the preseason. Mm. Will the pass pro hold up?
1: Good question. This is but this is one of the bigger questions. I, I I don't know. I think the starting offensive line is going to be okay. Uh, Taylor LeJuan, I, I, I left tackle, I'm totally fine with. I know people talk about how terrible he was last year. But you got to remember, he was coming off that terrible injury. He gave up four sacks all year. And two of them were in week one when he was not right. But after those first four weeks, he was dominant. Uh, ben Jones is fine. Nate J- Davis is fine. Can NPS step in at right tackle? He looks like he's going to be the guy there. I'm not so worried about the starting unit as I am who's behind the starting unit because it's only a matter of time with the boys in the trenches somebody's going to go down right so when that happens I don't know who's coming in for what but starters I have I'm optimistically hopeful for the for the starters it's what's directly behind those guys that has me terrified
0: Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well there. I mean, look, uh, even the starters are probably going to have their moments where you're going to be like, what in the hell was that? Um, But I think for the most part, given the style of offense that that the Titans are going to run, they're going to be allowed to go be bullies. Um, They're going to ask them to pass protect some too, though, is the problem. And, And to Parker's point, if any of those guys goes down, gets rolled up on, Uh, I'm not impressed by what I saw in the preseason by our backups. So um, I'm hoping as a unit, uh, the starting group can stay healthy for the most part. And maybe we can patch something together. If one of them goes down, you know, pull a guard or something. I have no idea, but we're going to, we're really going to have to, Hope that we don't get bit by the injury bug on the offensive line, in my opinion, this year. I,
1: I, I do think with the offensive line, uh, maybe some people got a little bit, as much hate as tanny has been getting lately, I hope during the preseason, maybe he got should get a little bit more love because offensive line looked bad during the preseason, obviously, but it was second and third. Year. I don't even know who some of these people were. But yeah. We also have to look at it. was Malik Willis back there, man. Like, he was doing Malik Willis' thing, standing back there for 10 seconds, learning the game. It, it just, it makes you appreciate, like, the uh, quarterback second cover-up of the deficiencies. I'm not calling him Tom Brady out there. I'm saying everybody knows that name and knows what he does. So just having somebody that can help cover that up and hopefully this year he can. I mean, I know last year he got beat down, but but it. I'm just watching those pre-season games. It made me think like, you know what? He covers this these hole up on these lines better than I think uh, people are for
2: Anyone have any other thoughts about offense before we move to defense?
1: No. I do have one other thing about offense. Uh, and I think it's the biggest thing about the offense. And it's Todd Downing. Todd Downing, as offensive coordinator, was bad last year. And I can prove it. Like, horrible. Like, one of the worst offensive play callers. After the Cincy game came out, audio came out, where the offense lined up at times, and the defense was literally knew what was coming out of Downing's offense. Like, you could hear him say, hey, they're lined up like this. It's going over there. Like, they knew that little screen pass, that stupid screen pass to Chester Rogers, they knew it was coming. So, we went out and got Tim Kelly from Houston. And this guy is responsible for as much as I loathe the guy now, Deshaun Watson. He made Davis Mills look like one of the best quarterback rookies last year. I just think this guy might be something special if he's taking over the passing game. And I trust Rabel to sit back and self-scout and say, oh, my God, we were good at running the ball, but our passing game was awful. We need to to fix that. So I'm very hopeful with Tim Kelly.
0: Well said. That's a good agree point. That.
2: Good point. The defense, though, sixth, number six in scoring defense, led by big man Jeffrey Simmons and MTSU's own all pro safety, Kevin Byard. But just recently, this week, yeah. we have learned that the Titans have lost Harold Landry with a season ending injury. Uh oh.
0: Yeah, it's At always the last second. It's always tough when you lose your your leading uh your, your sack leader from the year prior, but um I, I think this 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 offense, I think this defense uh can overcome it. I mean, it's going to be definitely a big loss. Uh but uh as they say, next man up, right? So um obviously Big Jeff's going to have to step his game up, Denico Autry they're really gonna to have to push it. And uh it'll be interesting to see what they scheme up to to fill that void.
1: Bradley, not just MTS Jones, uh Tim Byrd, but the uh, Titans have the best safety do in the league. I feel confident in saying that. Uh but yes, losing Landry is massive. I have a whole I had a whole point about it I wanted to make. But still, again, big Jeff going another year forward, he's gonna be dominant. You got Autry. but the name that people are kind of forgetting about. Is Bud Dupree, man. Like this is the guy they went out and paid to be the sack guy. And if you remember last year, he was still hurt over those first like eight games. He was coming back. This should be the year where he makes his money. So hopefully, and I was all excited about having all those guys. Hopefully, Weaver can move in. Hopefully, but Dupree is the guy that needs to step up. He really needs to have that that contract type year that, that we paid him for. Uh, this, this defense. I have faith in Um, they're the top, you had top six scoring and overall they're a top nine defense, which was awesome. And I think this year, even with Landry going down, they could get a little bit better.
2: Yeah, Blake, my question about this defense, as I've always said is your cornerbacks can't cover. And I know you two like to lump Bayard in there, but I'm not talking about Bayard. I'm talking about Roger McCreary, Christian Fulton. Caleb Farley. These guys are a liability. The secondary gave up the eighth most passing yards in the NFL last year. Caleb Farley has more back surgeries and ACL surgeries than he does games played in the NFL. I mean, if this isn't a question mark, then maybe I'm just
0: wrong. But I feel like your cornerbacks are a question. I mean, I think they're always cornerbacks are always the wild card. They're the ones that are at the biggest disadvantage on the defense you have grown men who are very fast running straight at you with your, with your, your, your shoulders square to them. They, they have all the advantage. So look, they are the weak point on every defense. In my opinion, they don't have the ability to impose their will on everybody. They have to be smart. They have to be athletic. They have to learn. Uh, I think that these guys up to this point, I can't argue the point that maybe they have been a liability at this point. Um, But we have to see if they mature. They have to see if they've learned. Let's see if they grow. Uh, Saw some positive stuff in the, in the preseason, but not all of it was positive. Admittedly. I mean, some of them didn't look that good. Um, I don't know. Caleb Farley. uh, Not really, not really sure if he's the guy yet.
2: Parker, Caleb Farley, three games played four tackles and one pass defended. He was one of the worst PFF graded in the preseason at 57.2. Do we have more faith in this? Or was it just preseason and let's just sit back and wait and see?
1: Well, I think on purpose they put him on an island. If you notice, they didn't give him much help. I think they were trying to get him. I think the guys only played 27 games at quarterback, so I don't think we know. But there's a name you forgot, and that's Fulton, who was a top 20 cornerback last year.
2: Oh, I've and got his I, name I think, here. He was in there. Roger McCreary, Christian oh, Fulton, oh, Caleb oh, well, yeah. I
1: means My audio's been... It's my Wi-Fi's so bad, I mean freaking the on me. Uh, But Fulton was a top-20 guy, and I actually like what they're doing with the secondary. They cut some of these old guys aren't good. They drafted McCreary, who actually had some flashes. Moulton, as bad as you talked about, he's good at covering the slot. And you can't forget, you said you don't want to talk about uh, the safety. You have to include the safety. Byron's one of the leading interceptors in the ball in the NFL for the last three years, every single year. I just think that's a big part of it, and a reason they gave up so many uh, passing yards, obviously that's their weakness. That's what teams are doing. I mean, they're it's hard to run against Big Jeff and these linebackers, Long Cunningham. It's a pretty good run defense. So I appreciate that they went and got a bunch of young guys because I'm looking at it going, okay, if these young guys actually work out that they've drafted and if, that they're trying to, to work on, man, I, I'd rather do that than go sign a bunch of 30 or 2 two-year-olds that are on the last ends of their contract and that, that are losing a step. Because if the, it works out. Then all of a sudden you're like, man, we're set at a corner for years because we're all on rookie deals and we're looking forward. So it is a question, but I don't know that it's a bad question. I don't know that it's a good question. We just don't know.
2: Blake, tell us about the 35-year-old that they got rid of
0: from the secondary. Oh, good Lord. Jackrabbit. Oh, everybody got nervous every time Jackrabbit <laughs> got got targeted uh, just because we knew it was, it was be, going right over his head. Uh, I mean, we were just hoping for a bad pass. Or Kevin Byard coming over the top Uh, to break it up. Yeah, I mean, dude, he was bad. There was no getting around it. I mean, I could not stand watching him play in a Titans uniform, and I'm just glad I don't have to anymore.
2: Special teams, new punter in town, at least for a game. Kern's not going anywhere, right, Parker?
0: No,
1: why would he go? Thank God he's not going to that trash can city up north. I just, you know, I'll pop up here, but yes, but Stonehouse look good. I mean, I can't, I can't blame the Titans for moving into over onto him. Like it, it will save a couple of million dollars, which doesn't sound like a lot in NFL terms, but that's another player. That's another upgrade, another position. That's giving Derrick Henry a little bit more. It's just, it's time. I mean, the Titans have had him for what 13 years before him, Craig Hendricks for 10 years. It's just time. For the next guard, we we've talked about this over the last couple of years. His net punting average for uh, Kern has gone down every single year for five consecutive years.
0: Yeah, and I mean the style that that Tennessee plays, they like to flip the field with their punter. They they play with a lot of confidence on offense and defense because of the things that Brett Kern is able to was able to do. Uh, you know, whether it be pinning him inside the 10 or just hitting a boomer from the other end of the field. And we know now that Stonehouse, he's got that ability. If he's standing on the other team's 10, he could, he could put it on the other 10 probably. So uh, the question is, is, is he as much of an artist as Brett Kern was with those short pooch punch? But uh, I'm sure he taught him a thing or two on his way out.
2: It's another wait and see for me. I I saw a lot of good things in the preseason. I think the biggest advantage that the Tennessee Titans have in this AFC South division is you have the best coach in the division. It's a huge advantage. And that goes a long way in any division. Yeah. But uh, you guys ready to try to pick this, predict this? Yeah. For for the defending champs.
0: I think so. I think so.
1: Uh, I was want to say, I touched on injuries earlier. I wanted to understand. I was making sure I got everything I wanted to say. Those injuries, can we talk about Tannehill having a down year? Tannehill was impacted by those injuries. He only had his starting weapons around him for 10% of his snaps last year. That is it. 10% of his snaps, he had the starting lineup. So hopefully the injury bug doesn't bite us like it did. That's
0: a good point. That's a very good point. All right, I guess I'll start us off. I, I went around and around and around here. Uh, I went, I went all over the place as a homer saying, "Oh, we're gonna win fourteen games." And then I went all the way. There. Only fourteen? No, no, no. <laughs> he said only fourteen. <laughs> but then, but then, I, you know, I got after watching some of the preseason, I'm like, "Man, we might be doing good to win eight. Oh, jeez. But now I think after everything is finally settled, I think I've come to a place where I feel like we're gonna go. Eleven and six.
1: That I, I I think that's a good that's probably on the money and that you know what though guys I hate to say it because I always talk about it but for my own team there is regression here. The Titans were six and one in games decided by less than a touchdown last year. A lot of that goes to what Bradley just said with Vrabel with coaching right, but those that that's hard to, that's a hard stat to maintain. The Titans break the slate regression model over the last two three years because that has been the case since Brayle's been there. Like, every year they win these games. They're not supposed to win, but they, they do this. So this year, Henry, the King, Will Feast again. Last year, the Titans faced the hardest, toughest run defense in the, in the league schedule-wise. This year, bottom three. And we talked about the O-line. Overall, the Titans will face a bottom three defense in the term of defensive lines. This is the first time we've won back-to-back divisions since the 60s. Three in a row, baby. Agree with Blake, 11 and six.
2: All great points. All great points. Uh, It's like Parker's reading my notes here. Negative regression. But what does that really mean in the grand scheme of the AFC South? I don't think you have to win very many games to win this division. You might be right. Um, here's what I'm going to go with. Of course, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I hate the Colts. Okay.
0: <laughs> we can uh, all agree. Now you're,
2: saying, reading,
1: now you're reading my notes.
2: <laughs> for all you Colts fans, I hate the Colts. Um the Texans are kind of like a thorn in the side of my team, but um, the Titans—I don't have a hatred. It's a—it's uh, a where I want my team to be. And uh, so here's what I'm thinking. I, and Blake saw in previous podcast this was the division I had a certain team at two, I had a certain team at four. And I didn't know what to do with these other two. So here's what I ended up with. I think Robert Woods was brought in initially to be the number two. I think it was. I think the plan was supposed to be AJ Brown, and Robert Woods. I understand the math behind the production. I don't like your right side of your offensive line. I definitely don't like your cornerbacks, as you've heard. I think this is the year that gets Tannehill completely out. He may have been gone anyway with some salary cap stuff going on. Negative regression. The Tennessee Titans miss the playoffs and go eight and nine.
1: Just comment (laughs) below. Comment below. We will respond.
0: Please (laughs) do. Good Lord. I don't know. I don't know how I can even sit next to this guy.
2: We're ready to move on. We're going north to the team we all hate, the Indianapolis Colts. uh, Time for the Colts. Last year they finished nine and eight. And there's a big reason why they didn't make the playoffs, is because they went to Duval, week 18, and got that ass whipped. But these two say, hey, here's Carson Wentz. That's why they didn't make the playoffs. Frank Reich back. One Indianapolis writer called it the worst loss in Indianapolis Colts football
1: history that
2: week 18. How do you sum up last year's performance, Parker, from the Colts?
1: I think they were favored by 16 in that game and lost by 16. Uh, I think of all the teams, our projections for the Colts last year were incredibly accurate. And look, I think I do an incredible job of being unbiased about any teams, but let me state, India's garbage, and they have the most overrated GM and coach of the league. They don't win to start the season. Frank White Wright has never won a season opener. He didn't last year. He's 5-9 during during September. People across the NFL love Chris Ballard. He's 41-40 and 40 in five years. In six years, John Robinson is 59-38. and 38. If the Colts go undefeated this year, Ballard won't have Robinson's six-year record. I think this team last year, they performed exactly what they should have. I think it's what looking back at last year, they did what they should have. They had Carson Wentz, who's going to pull some out of his butt, and who's also going to just fall on his butt. So they did what they were supposed to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, trash quarterback, they didn't deserve to make the playoffs, my opinion. And you'll have to, uh, I don't know what order we're going in here, but check out our NFC South opinion of uh, Carson Wentz's Boy, he's situation. in the NFC East. I mean, we've we've already already NFC East. East, check <laughs> NFC East, sorry. I'm, I've got <laughs> NFC South on my mind here. NFC East, yeah, go check out our NFC. I'll tag it right here. Yeah, we've already talked about
2: go ahead and the check Washington out. Commanders and the juggernaut that they're going to run into week one. Yeah, yeah, you, you go <laughs> ahead and check that out ball's coming for you. The, the nightmare is coming to you. The nightmare.
0: <laughs> he doesn't like How's to see Jackson get off the bus. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the Colts. So, w-
2: Wins is out. Yeah, And what do they do, Parker? They bring in some old bag of bones from Atlanta. They bring in Matt Ryan. They also bring in
0: even older Nick Foles. I mean, what is this? They, brought in the, they went to the retirement home and got him.
1: I, I will say, Matt Ryan... Significantly better than Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers during that that part of his year, but dude, they just keep bringing it, turning in these old guys. Matt Ryan is old, y'all. He yeah. is my age, and I couldn't get out of bed this morning. This guy has got to go play quarterback for the NFL. I, I don't understand it, but it couldn't happen to a better team because after having decades of stability with Manning, fallen face first into luck they now are on year four with five different quarterbacks, set Hoyer, Rivers, Wentz, Ryan. So good luck. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I just I don't
0: know. <laughs> he's so happy. He's so happy right now. Yeah, here, here's the five more years of five more quarterbacks you go through, you oh. assholes. I, I just can't stand this team. And you know what? I, I got to thinking, you know, he just came off his worst year ever, and he's a million years old. That offensive line better be good because he ain't running from nobody unless he's got his walker out there to get away from him. I think
2: GM said it wasn't good enough because they brought in some a couple of offensive linemen in the free agency. Um, their bigger moves were in free agency bringing in on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefan Gilmore, yep. Brandon Faison, oh. uh, Rodney McLeod, Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, they're loading up on D, but – I mean, are they are they the Iowa of the AFC South? I mean, are they going to plan on winning twelve to
0: six ball games, twelve to nine on the scoreboard? Uh, I I don't get it, man. You know they they got Jonathan Taylor, the most overrated running back ever, but uh, um, we'll see. I'm I'm not really convinced this team is worth a flying shit. I really am not. This is this is a giant pile of horse shit, in my opinion.
1: Well, Bradley mentioned the defense and, and a couple of points on it. One again, like we talked about the Titans, like we talked about with a lot of teams. Regression with turnovers. We talked about the Cowboys not being able to force as many as they did last year. Well, guess who was second in forcing turnovers? Colts at 33. It's just not gonna happen again. And look, they brought in for the big coordinator, he was great for we Legion to Boom. He had the players to make that scheme work. It, it, they, he just doesn't adjust, y'all. Like We sat here on numerous podcasts and talked about how the Chiefs would pick apart his defense uh, at the Raiders because he just would not run what he needed to run. So, I, the you while they brought in some players, I'm questioning the leader of it.
0: Fair point. It
2: definitely is. Last year, they finished ninth in both uh, scoring offense and scoring defense. Parker and I are going to say the same thing, negative regression. It's going to happen. I don't think that either one of those, offense or defense, finished ninth. I think you have a better chance at the defense being pretty good still. I mean, let's face it. You're playing the Jags and the Texans. That's four of your games right there. So your defense should already be okay.
1: And sit and, here and think about this. With Bradley, good news for Tannehill, who's behind a questionable line. Good news for Davis Mill, rookie. Good news for Trevor Lawrence, trying to 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 do better. Because Bradley doesn't blitz. Last year, he blitzed less than any other defensive coordinator in the
0: league. Well, that's what me and Bradley are. I'm. I was literally just showing that to Bradley. Like, where are all the sacks?
2: I mean, they're big guys, DeForest Buckner, and they brought in a. Uh... Questionable character guy, and Ngakwe.
0: I know all about it. From the Jets. Yeah, man. I, I, this team's trash. Screw this team. I don't understand what all the Colts love is about.
2: I'll give you one more I, fun fact before you want to give dude. us any predictions. Their last AFC title was all the way back in 2014. Since then, every single team in the AFC South has won a division. Even mine, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Texans have multiple. The Titans have won a division. Your last playoff win was 2015. Peyton Manning is not walking through those damn doors to keep going and finding people in wheelchairs like Matt Ryan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like it when we can just... Well, we
1: can just completely be completely uh, biased
0: against the team. This is great. I don't know. I, I just go away. I mean, again, why is there so much? But the media loves the Colts all of a sudden. Like they like here within the last month or so, it's been like, oh, they're going to win. You know, twelve games. They're winning twelve games this year. I, just because I don't understand why they. Money. Yeah, I don't need it's
1: because everybody's in love with Ballard. They really are. I don't understand. Like last year, they brought in Wentz because Reich was so good with him. Well, we saw how that worked out. So this year, they're like, you know what? That worked out so well. Let's bring in another quarterback that's aged and bad. Let's bring in Foles. Yeah, let's see how that works out for him if Ryan goes down. I, the Colts are favored to win this division, and I don't understand why. I mean, it could happen, but I just do not get it. There's nothing – like Bradley just said, they haven't won it in seven years. So I'll kick this off. I just have More questions than answers about the Colts on both sides of the ball. Like, I don't know who the receiver is. Michael Pittman could be dominant. But after that, who is it? Paris Campbell, who we've seen play like three snaps. T.Y. back in there.
2: Jonathan Taylor out of the backfield and Mo Alley Cox, the tight
1: end. Yeah. I'm just telling you, Taylor led the league uh, with rushes inside uh, the 20. With all these type of things, again, you said a regression that he is not going to be the guy that he was last year. Ballard is one game over 500 for his career as the Colts. I don't see why that historical change should, tri- to, should change. Not an eight.
0: <laughs> it's like Parker and I are copying off each other here. Uh, they might as well change Lucas Oil's uh, emblem out there into the Lucas Oil retirement home <laughs> for quarterbacks. Again, nine and eight. Go away.
2: The Indianapolis Colts, nine and eight last year. I'm going ten and seven, and I don't really even know why. I think I'm going with, with the numbers.
1: I will tell you why. Because this year they have the third easiest schedule in the NFL, and they need to start two and zero because they start against the Jags and Texans. If they don't start two and zero, like legit, if they start zero and two, look for heads to roll.
0: I. Uh, I question whether Th- they, they should win definitely start 2-0. Uh,
2: I mean, I that second game, though, they're going to a place that they haven't won since I was in diapers, apparently. I don't think they're going to win it. They can't win in Jacksonville. I don't think and they're going to win it. And it doesn't matter what quarterback, because they've had plenty in, during that and
1: Frank, and Frank Wright has never won his opening game. Wow.
2: They, they <laughs> are a seven to eight point favorite against the Texans in week one. I'm going 10 wins. That's all I got on right. this team. Let's go down south to the rebuilding Houston Texans. They finished with a record of 4 and 13. All the coaching staff is gone. They put in Lovey Smith now, the could be sitting duck. There were some positives, man. It, it's we all knew it was going to be a rebuild anyway, but uh, lo and behold, The quarterback we all made fun of and questioned Davis Mills, 66% passing, 16 touchdowns, 10 picks, and 88 rating. The best, by stats, the best rookie quarterback in the AFC
1: South, Parker. Yeah, Davis Mills might not suck. Uh, He's got a fast (laughs) release. I mean, he just... He's got a fast release when he threw on first down last year, which did not happen a lot. He was in the top half of the league, which is good for a rookie that we didn't expect to do anything. I mean, on and think about this, y'all. If you look at all his passes, even with what he accomplished on 20 percent of Davis Mills' pass attempts last year, he had zero people open. Like I, he might not be bad. And looking back at last year, as a whole team won four games, but actually less than games at halftime. So. Unlike a team we might talk about here in a minute that quit last year, this team was actually performing for their coach, which I do not think should have been fired. I,
0: look, I can't believe that I. I feel like I feel like we were kind of leading the charge on the Davis Mills Mills train. Uh, I don't know why. He just he he looks like a halfway decent quarterback. I mean, I won't go better than halfway decent. He's not a great NFL quarterback, but like Parker said, he might not suck. He might not be absolutely awful. Uh, it's funny this year. You know, I I, I do think Lovey Smith uh, is a sitting duck, and this is not a tough – I mean, it's not a great year for him probably. Did I read somewhere they have like the fifth hardest schedule this year or something like that? So, I mean, it's an uphill battle for Davis Mills and Lovey Smith. Uh, but I think that they're probably one of those teams that are probably going to surprise people in some occasions. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to win, but they'll probably fight, they'll probably give some people some headaches. Never know, they might slip up and beat a couple of people they're not supposed to beat. But
1: y'all both, y'all both mentioned it, so I just got to say it. Bradley mentioned about how y'all both said how Lovie Smith is a sitting duck, and I agree. I I wasn't a huge fan of David Coley. I don't know why he should have been fired. But Lovey Smith should not have gotten another head coaching job, and I don't know why he did. So, looking back at this, Lovey Smith was the head coach for Chicago, right? He was 81 and 63. There he was actually pretty good. I think he was wrongly fired. But after that, he was fired in the 2012 season. It was a winning season. Since then, the Bears have had one season over 500. But then he gets hired with the Bucks, and Lovey Smith goes 8 and 24. Then he goes to Illinois, right? You should be able to do better at college. You're, you're the NFL guy. In Illinois, he goes 17 and 39. Then he comes back as the defensive coordinator for the Texans in his first two years. This is what this guy does. The defense for the Texans ranked 27th and 31st. Why this man is the head coach, I don't I don't see it. You're right. Sitting duck,
2: Placeholder. I'll tell you why, man. Place, they did. <clears throat> I thought they did good job in and, and acquiring talent this year. It's just this isn't the year. They have a lot of money available next year, Parker. If Davis Mills isn't the quarterback, it's going to be a new coach. They can get their own quarterback. The, the draft is loaded with them. Or even if they don't get one there, maybe one slips through for free agency. They're going to have tons of cash next year. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr. added. Kenyon Green added. New offensive lineman, the center Justin Britt added. Guard A.J. Brown from the Jags added. They're building, so they're 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 reloading. It wasn't like they just said, "Hey, we're going to hire Lovey Smith and we're just going to tank." Because
0: I don't think they're tanking. I, I really I think don't think they're either. retooling. They're yeah. rebuilding. It, it, it'll be a process, right? And I mean, like I said, they they may sneak up on a couple of people, but I, I mean, they they got a tough schedule. Uh, they're still not quite where they need to be at quarterback. Uh, in my opinion, unless Davis Mills just takes a huge leap forward, which I don't necessarily think think is going to happen this year. Um, But, yeah, that's my opinion. What do you want to talk about next? Offense, so
2: 30th, they were horrible. 30th in scoring. Um, We already talked about Davis Mills. They bring in rookie from Florida, Damian Pierce. Should be the man at running back, uh, Brandon Cooks, one of Parker's folks. I'll let him talk about Cooks. Uh, the rookie Mechie coming off a torn ACL probably won't play. What do you see on their offense?
1: Yeah, Sally Betsy's going to probably be out for the year. Um, and then maybe he'll be back next year. He's got some best stuff. He's struggling. What well, the most underappreciated receiver in the league? He's had 1,000 yards receiving for six straight years. I mean, the only other person I think off the top of my head that's done that's Mike Evans. You know, uh, who else is doing that? It just super underappreciated, but. You talked about them recooling and rebuilding, and they finally are. They're finally able to do that this year. They weren't able to do it last year. They're sitting in limbo with with the Predator guy over on the sidelines. So this is the first year they're actually able to do that. And there's another big-time guy they brought in. Well, Pierce, by the way, as you mentioned, man, he is going off in preseason, in training camp. And looking back now, people are even questioning – uh, Mullen's even more like, why was this guy not on the field? He is not only himself in as a starting role, but like, I am the starter. He is the guy there.
2: I think so. Yep. Uh, defense, they were 27th in scoring, went very young there. I, I'm thinking more of the same from this Texans defense this year. I, I don't see any reason to believe it's going to be, whoa, they went from 27th to top 10. I just don't yeah. think this is the year.
0: Um, but but all these young guys get a chance to grow. Yeah, and that's invaluable, right? Being able to get some experience. From real. I mean, there's nothing like ripping the Band-Aid off, and that's what they're doing here with these young guys. I mean, you look at their defensive stats. I, again, We're we're asking the question, where the hell are all the sacks? They don't have any, right? So uh, it's always good to be able to get these young kids some opportunities to get in there and make an impact early. Uh, You never know what the future is going to hold as far as a new coaching staff, because I would say all of us probably agree at some point here in the near future, there will be a new coaching staff. uh, And hopefully they can do something with the talent that they're building.
1: Last year, they were one of the worst tackling teams in the NFL. They were the worst red zone defense in all of football. The guy that was in charge of that is their head coach. Again, I don't understand the promotion. But as far as defense, the thing I do like is they drafted a potential star in Stingley. I mean, this guy, if anyone forgets, if you go back and look at PFF, since PFF has been around in 2019, Stingley Stingley had the most valuable season ever outside of a quarterback. Let that sink in. I mean, any other player, any wide receiver, anybody, that's how locked down Stingley was. So if he can get back to that form, that's what you need, man. If you can – their season is success. If Stingley looks good, that doesn't really matter. Everything else is gravy, right? If Mills is great, great. But that's just such a huge game-changing lockdown position. If he is excellent, then, man, that is that changes that defense completely.
2: I just – let, let him play. Yeah. Just have a little patience down there in Houston. Unfortunately, I think you're on the come up <clears throat> – if we, if we can figure out if Davis Mills is the answer, then great. You're already a couple of years ahead. If he's mm-hmm. not, so what? You're going to have plenty of draft capital, plenty of money to go next year. Um, I believe you have an uptick. I'm going 5-12, and 12, but I think the feeling of this season will be better than what the a- actual record is, 5-12. and
0: 12. Totally agree. I think that it's a little better. It's going to feel better than it's actually going to look on your record sheet. Um, I'm actually going to go out on a little bit of a limb here and say that you are going to sneak up on a couple people. So I'm going six and 11.
1: I just lost my spot, but I know that I had them going six and 11 as well. Last year, they were underdogs in every, and on by average, by six and a half points per game. So maybe that gets a little bit better this year, um, uh, Again, i I said, they were leading at halftime in seven of those games. So I expect them to be better. So I don't see why they should win more games. Six and 11, with potential to go seven and ten.
2: It's not starting nice. out that way in week one against the vaunted Colts that are somehow <laughs> a seven and a half to eight point favorite. But uh, uh, good luck to the Texans. Go ahead and get that win against the Colts. What
0: happens if they come out and they just donkey stomp them? They donkey stomp the Colts in Week One. I mean,
2: this has nothing to do with I'm this podcast, be, but I'm taking be, the Colt. I'm taking the Texans plus the points, and I I don't even mind if you beat the. Colts.
0: I will be a Colts. I mean, excuse me, a Texans fan for exactly five minutes if that oh. happens. Anyways, uh, I, tell them.
1: I, I think it might happen. Like, why why would Frank Ryder win his first game now? What's the difference?
2: Yep. Nothing would make me happier. All right, transition. Last but not least, why? to a team. That has earned the number one draft pick in back-to-back years. We're going to Florida, Jacksonville Jaguar.
0: Boy, oh boy. Duval Urban
2: Meyer is out after the most dysfunctional season ever in Jacksonville. And that's that's pretty hard to say because they've had plenty of them but uh, that's that's the whole story of last year is unfortunately the urban meyer saga it it outshined the the fact that trevor lawrence was coming
0: (laughs) yeah it's really a shame that you have someone touted as a generational talent like trevor lawrence come in and have to take part in some kind of Weird experiment with a college coach who's just known for being a terrible person. And then, then he comes to Jacksonville and he proves that he is exactly who we all thought he was. Just an absolute atrocious atrocious situation for him to have to come into. I'm, I'm sorry for everybody that had to be involved with that. Um, really hard to even compare anything to last year, given who they brought in as head coach this year.
1: I've got a lot of stats and things we're going to go through, but a lot of them you have to take with a grain of salt, right? Because Bradley said Urban Meyer might be the the, the disastrous thing that's happened in Jacksonville. I could disagree. I think it's the most disastrous hire in the history of football. Like it I was agree. so, so bad. The problem with that is the guy that hired him is still the guy making the decisions. I just don't understand how you can make the worst hire in the history of football and keep Trent Falky. I just do not. Understand So those are the two stories. Looking back at last year, it stinks. The story's not Trevor Lawrence or ETN. I mean, he got hurt or or whatever. It, the story looking back is one hundred percent the front office. Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke are the stories for this team from last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm curious, Bradley, because you're more on the pulse of Duval media than we are. What, what is what's going on with that? Did they do they have any explanation as to why are we still sticking with the guy that brought freaking Urban Meyer in here?
2: So the question starts at the top. It starts with the owner, <clears throat> Shad Khan. I believe Shad Khan has uh, good intentions for the city of Jacksonville. Don't doubt it. He continues to pump money not only to the stadium renovations, practice field building, new ones as we speak. Here, um, the community. He has the right intention. He just doesn't know football, Parker.
0: Yeah.
1: He doesn't. Um, that's what – yeah, I, I try to even steer away from the owner because I don't want to, like, go after it because there's that, – that, that guy's not going to be replaced, right? Like, No. So, so I, you're, that's why I'm looking at the GM. It really, if you want to talk about ownership, that he should have been the fired bulky. But I like to stick away from that. Just hire your guy that knows football and, and go with it. It's just it's getting to be. Man, I looked up some stuff over the last ten years. The Jags are forty-two and one hundred and nineteen over the last ten years. And they average eighteen points per game in that stretch. Oh, win total, everyone. it hurt. The win total, and the points per game are the worst in the NFL. And during that, here's what's bad. This is why. This is what I'm getting to with the, the hiring the right GMs. Because during that same stretch, when it was the worst points per game, when it was the worst schedule. They spent more money in free agency than any other team in the NFL. Mm. I, I just. I wanted to get a GM that's competent, and I just don't think the
0: guy that is there. I mean, it just makes you feel like bulky's taking Con for a ride.
2: A lot of that was Dave Caldwell, though. I mean, bulky Yeah, no, no.
1: He's only he's only been there for a couple of years. I spent yeah. like it's it's just a history of of keep of still going, right? Um, no,
2: and... So. and I mean, I'm available. If you'd like me to step into that GM role, I can go ahead and do it. Whenever we get Parker back, we'll add him back here. Uh, so some of the things that Balky did in the offseason this year, added wide receiver Christian Kurt, Zay Jones, tight end Evan Ingram, a guard, Brandon Sheriff. Rookie is going to have to step in and start right away from Kentucky, the rookie center. Luke Fortner. Um, so here you go, Parker, to your point. They're spending money again because they have to.
1: Yeah, uh, and the Sheriff was a great addition. The offensive line's going to be better. I think uh, I, I really applaud that one. And they spend a ton of money on Christian Kirk. who's not a number one receiver. He's a slot guy. I mean, that which just fine. I just hope they use him there because he is elite from the slot. He's really good. I still think old man Marvin, as we said last year, is going to lead this team in, in – Everything. Last year, I think he let them in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. and I, I think he's going to do the exact same thing, but they have to keep – they have to spend this money, right? They've got to go out and, and add people to try to get better. To more. He's the guy.
2: Blake, they had to because statistically they were dead last in offensive scoring at 14.9 points per game. Their rookie quarterback only completed 59% of passes, 12 touchdowns, 17 picks, a 72 rating. We already touched on Davis Mills was the best rookie in this division.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, by stats. By stats. By stats. I mean, so that's my thing. It Again, it's hard for me to compare anything from last year because I think, uh, Parker, it was you that brought it up last year constantly during the season. We're not running a fucking NFL offense here. We're throwing the ball f- within five yards of the line of scrimmage and we think we're going to get something done in the NFL. And that's just not going to happen.
1: No. It's just history. Go look at Urban Meyer. He runs a horizontal, not vertical offense. And in college, it works because he can out-recruit everybody. And he just has better players. The day he left Ohio State, that team got better uh, offensively. It just it, it is what it is. We said it before they played a snap in the game. Like, and, and I went back and looked at some stuff with Trevor Lawrence. And I don't know how much water this stuff holds because – he just – that offense was so bad. There were flashes from Lawrence last year when he faced pressure, and he was, he, was in the, he was in the bottom six of actually taking that sack. So he was elusive and able to get rid of the ball. But some of the bad things – and again, this could be Urban Meyer breaking him. I don't know. There were bad plays, too, of starting quarterbacks. Lawrence was in the bottom five for catchable passes. He was in the bottom five for red zone passes. Last time we saw Lawrence, he was fantastic whatever nothing there. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So we went into the season with the, the off season with a high note. One other good thing, if you're a Jacksonville fan, last year he faced on the tough pass defenses in the league, like top three tough. This year, bottom three.
0: Yeah, and I mean that for me is the big wild card because we really we know how how good we th- we think we know how good Trevor Lawrence can be. And on the, as just watching him in college, I know he's a good quarterback, allegedly. NFL's obviously a little bit different. He was in an awful offense for him. You talked about his passes, you know, a lot of them weren't catchable. I don't know how many of those are him just trying to throw the ball away. or if he's oh, throwing, they definitely
2: were. I mean, that's why the sack totals are so low. He's
0: getting rid of the ball. That's what I'm saying. And, and, you know, he he's throwing the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage, and it's like maybe he doesn't like what he sees. and Maybe he's literally throwing it high just to throw the ball away. Uh, I, I think he's that cerebral of a quarterback personally. So it's really hard for me to make a judgment on whether Trevor Lawrence really is the guy or not just because – I'm really – well, I'll just say this. I really hope that the Urban Meyer experiment did not ruin Trevor Lawrence because I do think Trevor Lawrence is a good kid. I think he's probably extremely talented. Uh, I think he can be a good NFL quarterback, but he's still got to go prove it. Yep.
1: Speaking of offensive coaching there, Doug Peterson, the player's coach. I know Bradley's seen some of this. I mean, it's as far opposite down there now as it is when it was to Urban. I mean, polar opposites. And Peterson has one and one job only. This is it. It's just to make sure Urban didn't break Trevor. That's it. That's your job, buddy. Like mm-hmm. Get down there and, and figure that out. And I, And I think he – Reason I don't think Urban broke him is because he didn't shy and disappear into the night, you know. Trevor was actually the guy at press conferences coming out and sounded like the man That's
2: right. We called him the more um, mature person all year.
1: Yeah, he was. He was the man in that as a rookie, which is you know, as a rookie and being four years younger than Kenny Pickett. <laughs> but That's still amazing. just four years younger than Pickett. Good God. Last i, I just don't so I don't know. I don't know. This is one of the harder win totals for me to go, but offensively we, I just do not, I just don't know what to expect.
2: Something interesting coming out of Duval on offense to look for, if you wanted to look for, and even for fantasy purposes is the running back room. You've got both uh, James Robinson that led the way he's coming off an Achilles. You've got Travis Etienne, the rookie last year who didn't play one NFL snap. He is back this year. Um, I really hope that uh, they can get that part of the game moving a little bit. Take some pressure off of Trevor. Yeah, I don't need him throwing 800 times this season.
0: You mean run an NFL offense?
2: Oh. How
0: about
2: that? Oh. And Parker
0: said, I mean, he, he's just surrounded with NFL people this year. He's got Doug Peterson at the top. His mentor, he's, like Parker said, that's his job, to mentor Trevor.
2: He's got Press Taylor. Say what you want about the Taylor family. Go check out the AFC North if you want to hear about Zach. He's got Jim Bob Cooter. He's got Mike McCoy surrounding him. So they put him around NFL people. I think he's set up for better success. We'll see what the schedule has. Um, Defense, I mean, 28th in points allowed. Their new ads are rookie Trayvon Walker. Rookie. Devin Lloyd rookie, Chad Muma cornerback from the Champs, the Rams Darius Williams comes in. The the tackling machine from the Falcons whatever that means and uh Foye Aluokan comes in because they lost their two top tacklers and Miles Jack. Uh Miles Jack and uh Damian Williams but this group literally if they're going to do anything anytime soon they have to get turn the ball over man this this turnover percentage thing turnover differential i should say it needs to be close to just zero it it doesn't need to be oh the turnover differential is negative 20 how are you going to win games with that you can't
1: no we keep yeah. talking about regression there's positive regression also before i get that I was so bad cuz all of reasons they should improve, but so does this defense because they could not be much worse as you touched on they face and this is these numbers i'm about to get you give you is, is with teams they faced were below average last year on offense and here's what they did last in the league getting off the field and three and outs next to last allowing passes complete one of the worst teams in the league generating sex that's to bradley's point they forced nine turnovers last year it's the last in the league. The next worst was the Jets. They had five more. You can add up the turnover forced by the Jags over the last two years, and it was nine less than what, it was less than what nine teams had last year. So there has to be positive regression coming, right? Like there has to be back to that mean, as Bradley said, the zero, uh, this is kind of what, what it usually does. So they also got Tyson Campbell, was who, looking to be like a lockdown guy at the corner there during camp. So who knows?
0: Yeah. And Parker, you've been saying this this entire off season, offseason, preseason. This team has the makes the best case from go for going worst to first. Now no one's saying that they're gonna straight up win the AFC South. I'm not either. But it but they they could have the biggest swing this year uh out of any team out there, in my opinion.
1: Happens every year. Every year there's a team that finishes worse in the division and then comes in first. Baltimore is probably the leading candidate for it, but I was taking them out of that because it was how
0: bad. Yeah, they I heard. Him, um, right. But
1: as far as like normal situations, sort of, if you can call it a this, this is the best. Not just do they add people, but not to step on Bradley's toes, we are about to, to say this, their biggest addition is MTSU's own Mike Caldwell as defensive coordinator. Like, this guy with the Tampa Bay over the last three years, I know they have great players. But still, they were elite. And what can we expect from him? The offices we talked about earlier about how you, how a certain coordinator is never going to blitz, this guy is going to blitz. And he is going to blitz constantly. So if you don't have a good offensive line looking at you to Titans, you better be prepared for it.
2: One person that knows he's going down in week one is Carson Wentz,
0: Blake. <laughs>
1: Hey, he's going down hard. Somebody,
0: please tee off on that guy. I promise he'll just he'll throw the ball over his head backwards to try to get away from you.
2: And see, they they switched up pretty hard to the three four defense. Um, they're gonna have Josh what, what, Allen standing. Oh, go ahead.
1: I'm saying, which is the only thing that kind of makes sense to what the, something that is very confusing there is what they're doing at linebacker because they're bringing in their paying linebackers, and drafting four of them, and I'm say four, but not really, but you know they've got a lot of them there, so.
2: Hopefully they can spread them around a little bit in the 3-4. Yeah. I mean, I joked about it all the time. They've got like seven linebackers.
1: It's <laughs> but, incredible.
2: It uh, really is. Josh Allen's going to be standing up. Trayvon Walker, the number one pick. The rookie's going to be standing up on the other side. Josh Allen led the team with only seven and a half sacks. That number has got to be higher. I know all eyes will be on the rookie, but Hopefully the rookie makes things easier for Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen was literally double teamed. And then if he got through that, he was getting chipped by the running back. Yeah, I mean, it was impossible. teeing off on him. Jeez. So hopefully that opens up a little bit. Parker mentioned Tyson Campbell. Um, He improved steadily over the year, even with the Urban Meyer fiasco. One name I wanted to throw out to both of you, because you don't follow the team as much, is safety. He was a rookie last year, but didn't get to play because Urban Meyer is an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> safety Andre Cisco, I want you to remember that name. He's he is the closest thing, if you think Kevin Byard. I mean, not like an all-pro level. Not yet. But if you think that, that's what he can do. He can. He's the ball hawk. He can be 20 yards off the line of scrimmage, and then all of a sudden, here he comes. He's going to come up to the line of scrimmage and maybe get a sack.
0: He didn't
1: play because Urban can't be expected to know all the names of his players on the team.
2: No. He's like, go ask Bernie Parley, Bur, whatever my coach's
1: name is. <laughs> That's Bernie. <bunny. sighs>
2: Idiot. All right. Oh, I don't my got God. anything else. All right. I'm,
1: I'm ready. I, I'll, I'll kick this off. And I have a very uh, astute point here, very, very analytical point of why they're going to be better. I think they're better simply because the players are going to try. <laughs> Like if you hate your boss and he's kicking your coworkers and going out clubbing when you're prepping for the next day, you probably aren't going to try. I think the Jags get a couple of wins just because they have a likable guy in the room. I don't care if he's good or not. Seven and ten in preseason for the Jags.
0: I swear. I swear. Look at this. I swear he's been copying my notes. Or I'm copying his. One of the two. Uh, I've got them going seven and ten. I, I think that they they have a variance of wins that's probably exceeds that. Um, but I think that they're going to be much improved. I think that this be this might be this could be the year where Boom. they break the cycle and don't have the number one pick. No, I, I really do think they're going to be much improved this year. They're not going to be a complete laughing stock like they've been. Uh, for once. Uh, but still, Duval is the Titans' second home. Seven and 10.
2: All right. So, my prediction comes down to this a game that will be flexed on week, week 18. The Tennessee <laughs> Titans visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Parker says that game won't matter to Tennessee, but I argue it will. Because the winner of this game will lock up and earn the number seven seed in the playoffs. The Titans will need it. The Jags will need it. But you know what happens when you come to Duval week 18. The Jacksonville Jaguars win that game and go to the postseason. They're going nine and eight.
1: That's only when Indy is in Duval. Titans have a home away from home, as we all know.
0: I know we, all the players have, have second homes. there.
2: changes. I'm going
0: indie. whenever the U Lee dozer comes into town. I don't think you got to worry about it.
2: And the uh, Indy 10 wins Jacksonville, nine wins, Tennessee,
0: eight little, little parody here on the 10, panel. 10, nine, eight little, par- little parody. This is good. This is, this is good stuff. We'll keep an eye on it as the season goes along. Guys, thanks for joining us tonight on this, our AFC South Prediction Show. While you're at it, go ahead and comment down below. And while you're there, hit the like and subscribe button there on YouTube. Give us a rumble on Rumble. Follow us on all of our social media Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can follow us on all your favorite podcasting platforms on the go. Gentlemen, final thoughts.
1: Well, I've got to go back to the well here for something if it'll load on my awful, awful um, Wi-Fi. But my friend, Mr. A.J. Brown.
0: Oh, boy.
1: My biggest teacher is my loses and my lessons. And I'm so grateful for them. End quote. Mr. A.J. Brown.
0: I mean... uh (laughs) It doesn't get any better than a than an A.J. Brown quote, right?
2: My final thought is write all your get-well wishes, your Christmas cards. Send your donations to the nursing home in Indianapolis and in the Colts. This is it. This is your last year, Indy, before you completely fall off the face of the earth. So
0: you better get it done or else. <laughs> Five more years of terrible indie quarterbacks coming. That's what I'm hoping for. But as always, and don't you forget it, it is two-tone blue all the way. You guys be well.